Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Hey, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aliyah Lovely, as you should know by now. Um... So I got up this morning to a comment on my Instagram about a post that I made that says, um, feel your feelings so you can heal them. That's not what it said, but that's basically (laughs) the gist. Um, and I got a comment that said something along the lines of like, how, how do you learn how to feel your feelings? It's literally, um, emotional suppression is, is how I process things. And the post was in regards to manifestation because I got very much, um, some time ago, I got very much in the habit of uh, repressing anything that might have seemed like a negative thought or a negative emotion because I was fearful that I might manifest something bad because of it. So I was in this like love and light, positivity all the time kind of thing. And so um, I answered her back and said, you know, like when you numb your your, your bad feelings, you also numb your good ones. And, um, she asked, you know, well, how do you do that? And I started thinking about it, um, for myself, you know, I I recognize that in our society, we're incredibly pain averse. Um, anything that's going to give us any type of pain, we, we go to the maximum measure not to experience that. It's a lot about us being happy or looking happy or being strong or something along those lines where um, we don't really get the fullness of what it is that we're experiencing sometimes. And for me, this was especially true. Um, I have been and always had been someone who had tried to look on the positive side. There's a reason for everything, you know. Um, and especially once I started to discover the law of attraction, any emotion that didn't fit a very positive message was considered unavailable, you know, it's not something even desirable. So this journey to emotional suppression, and actually in our last episode, we talk about that for a little bit for men, but, um, even as a woman or just as a human, it is something I think that culturally we've just become accustomed to in Western culture, I can speak for. So knowing that, um, for my, most of my journey, um, I would say that having a positive outlook was typically out of a fear-based foundation. Um, trying to find the, the good side of things was naturally something that came to me because I wouldn't say naturally, maybe environmentally because of the way that I was raised, that God had a reason for everything. So, um, in, in situations where things were really sad, um, maybe someone had passed away or, 
um, you know, financially things weren't going well or didn't get a job offer or something like that, there would be this experience of something, you know, kind of that would seem negative or bad that had happened and me always being like, well, there must be something better, you know, coming along or there had to be a reason for this or whatever in order to make myself feel better. And while I still do that and while I still agree with most of that line of thinking, um, there was a very dark part of that that would happen where if I was actually feeling disappointment or anything, there was a lot of suppression of that. Um, I wasn't allowed to feel that part of the devastation it felt to be rejected or um, to, to mourn the loss of someone or something like that. There were many people in my life who felt really uncomfortable by big emotions. And so it would always be like, well, you know, it's okay. And oh, and move on and oh, and da, 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 you know, and you know, no fault to them because they're just trying to do what they can in order to help you in the way that they think they're trying to help you. But especially if you grew up in a house like that, um, you know, the way that the girl had mentioned it when she, um, commented on my post was like, it's like teaching someone who's right-handed how to write with their left hand. And I thought that's such a great analogy. I'm, I live for analogies. I eat them up, <laughs> but I figured like to explain it more plainly for myself, I started to realize that the, the emotional suppression didn't make the emotion go away. It just became something that was underlying that would resurface later. And I would experience again at some point in its fullness when I finally decided to let it go. So for instance, um, you know, the aspect of, so for me, the way that I work, um, and something I'm still working on is that I have learned over such a long period of time to suppress my emotionality that when I actually do feel my feelings, I spiral. Like it's not long, but it, it will spiral for maybe a few hours or maybe even a few days. Um, and I'll get in this space where you can just not, you cannot talk me out of my funk. And my astrologer says that's my Aries nature, my Aries moon. <laughs> when I get into my Aries moon, it's like, get out of the way. I'm on fire, but I'm also a lot of water signs. So it burns out very fast. <laughs> but what, what I'm afraid of that, that feeling, um, when I've been rejected emotionally or romantically or financially or, um, you know, whatever I will get, and it's not all the time, but like when it hits one of my wounds or a nerve, if I actually let myself feel that I, I go into this really, really dark place and I started feeling really bad about that. You know, I mean, I've, I felt really bad about that for most of my life and only my super close friends have ever seen me like that. It's not, a, it's not something I let out very often. It's, it's very rare. I probably can think of four people off the top of my head, maybe six that have seen me in that state where I'm just either berating myself completely or getting out all of my frustration of feeling like this failure had happened, whatever it is. And so it's, 
it's, it, I might say terrible things about myself or about my future or about the way that I feel about something. And I only tell those few people because it's a safe space for me to actually get out my triggers and get out my wounds. But it is something that I do not allow a lot of people to see because I don't want their judgment and I don't want them, you know, telling me or trying to cut off my feeling in that moment. Now, maybe some of those feelings aren't great. Maybe they're really bad. Maybe something that I really shouldn't be saying about myself. Like, and I hate the word should anyway. So like, let's just take that out. But things that are not ultimately the way that I would like to think. However, there are wounds inside of myself that have caused that line of thinking and me just merely suppressing it or saying it doesn't exist doesn't help me work through the way that I think about things or the way that that hits me or the way that that makes that wound fester. So just to give you an example, um, a year and a half ago or two years ago almost, um, I had a very hard situation with a man that I'm basically in love with. Maybe I've talked about this already on the podcast, but um, him rejecting me um, pretty severely. And me coming to the conclusion that I was basically scum. (laughs) And I don't think that now, but I had to work through that emotion and me suppressing it and saying, you know what? He just doesn't deserve me. And he just blah, 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 blah. Would not have acknowledged that at the base level, I felt like scum and I felt like unworthy and I felt unlovable and I felt like something like love was out of reach for me. And if I didn't have the space to actually acknowledge the yuckiness that was inside of me, that dark, you know, like black tar kind of feelings, I call it the rot in my book, me, myself and why, why finding your other half is impossible before finding yourself. Shameless plug, go find it on Amazon. Um, (laughs) the rot is what lived inside of me from a perpetuation of, you know, stigmas or other things that I experienced from a very early age. So when, you know, someone rejected me or, or something I considered bad happened to me, it would cut to the core of the rot that was already existing inside of me. And that rot would have to spill out. And if I felt like it's, it's kind of like, imagine, you know, someone cutting you across the belly in the worst kind of way. And that, that black tar just spilling out of your body and imagine you being like, Oh no, 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 no. Hold on. Save that. Put it back in and sew it up. (laughs) I'm going to heal with that, that rot that's inside of you. It's decaying at you as long as it can't get out. And so I felt like in that sense, that's how, that's how emotions work too. And when you, when you or I feel something deeply that doesn't feel pleasant and we allow ourselves to continue to suppress it or keep it as a means to cope, then we aren't truly allowing ourselves to heal. And we're not truly acknowledging the, the ways that we feel about ourselves that, you know, maybe are unearthed. Maybe you're, you're not even aware of it. Maybe you don't even know. Like if this is the way you've always been and when things happen and shit goes down, you're like, I don't feel anything. 
then you've learned to cope in a certain way that keeps you protected from feeling your feelings. But you better believe that if you numb the bad feelings, you'll also numb the good ones. And you're not able to fulfill, sorry, fill the full expression of those emotions in order to get to healing. So that girl's question was, how do you do that? And, you know, it's not an easy, easy switch for myself. It's, it's taken a while to get to that space because I think in some ways I still feel, feel guilty for feeling my feelings. And if there were any friends that I was with where I allowed myself to feel those feelings, man, I feel shameful after I express that. And, uh, my best friend, Christy, she like, it's, it's kind of the best thing. I will go on this tirade of this and this happened and I'm this and I'm terrible and this and this and nothing works for me and all the negative bullshit that I'm telling myself in that moment. And she goes, yeah, that sucks. (laughs) And I appreciate it so much because like she, she obviously says more than that and she encourages me, but she allows the way that I feel in that moment to be valid. And this is why I trust her with those things. Um, it's, it's, it's never an explanation of why I shouldn't feel this way or let me turn this around for you so you can feel better in that moment. She knows I'm in that state where I just need to let all of the negative bullshit I'm telling myself out. And I need, I need someone to be there for me and hold space for me in that moment. So that's the beginning part of it for me is, um, or at least tip I would say is like finding someone that can genuinely hold space for you. And if you don't have that person, then obviously um, therapy is a wonderful way, seeing a healer of some sort, um, someone that you trust where you can fully and authentically be who you are. And if you're not familiar with being authentic with yourself, um, seeking help of someone who can start and learn, um, to dig into what that is that you feel. Um, I do that with a lot of my clients because we experience energy blockages and those energy blockages will probably often keep you from really feeling what it is that you're, you're needing to feel in order to heal. And so that's, that's kind of the beginner part. The second part is, um, learning to let like shame and guilt are like fucking liars, absolute liars that will keep you in the same position for the rest of your life. Um, for myself, shame around expressing, expressing my emotions was a big one. Um, feeling bad. Like I don't want someone else to hold my burden. I don't want to have to ask for help. You know, um, I don't want someone to see me like this because it's shameful to not have it all together as an oldest child. Um, you know, like I felt, I feel a bit like a, I was kind of a second mom in a way. Um, some kind of how oldest children are. We're a bit type A. We have very high expectations for ourselves. We can be highly critical and, um, and just kind of the way that the cookie crumbles, right. In the birth order. Um, but in that, in that sense, I always felt like there wasn't space or time for me to feel how I felt. I didn't get to really sit and throw the tantrum because someone would cater to me. It was like straighten up, (laughs) My dad used to say, straighten up that face. And we would have to like, look like we're smiling or something, um, which might not have been the best way to go about that as, as children. But I remember very plainly that 
when my me and my ex-husband um <laughs> when we were dating and I lived in London our first fight at what I believe was over orange juice or toothpaste things that you don't you shouldn't mix anyway but um <laughs> like it, we were at the grocery store and we were trying to decide because we're in a super hyper budget because um, I couldn't work at the time and he ha- he was having um, also trying to find a job and we were in the grocery store and about like kind of debating which one to get or something like that and I was getting frustrated with the situation because I was like this shouldn't be this hard and as I was getting frustrated I started to smile and um, this threw him for a, a loop because he was like, why are you smiling at me? Like, what do you, you know? And in his way, he interpreted that as like, I'm looking at him like he's a clown, like he's a dumbass, like almost like I'm mocking him. And it was the first time that I realized I did that. I didn't recognize that that was something that I did when I felt angry or upset or triggered or anything like that. I would respond like the fucking joker. Like a big ass smile and the the tone of my voice would be like, okay, all right, well, you know, da, 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 da. And, and in his interpretation, it was like, I was looking at him like he's a fucking dumbass. And in this moment, maybe I was thinking that because I was like, this shouldn't be that, that big of a deal. But the way that I masked it instead of saying how I actually felt was to, to react in this way, to, to be in this like state of suppression of the only way that I can, uh, really full, not even fully feel my feelings, the way that I would operate would be under the mask. And for people who didn't recognize that, you know, this is not actually how I felt, they would interpret that and feel at peace by that. You know, me and my sisters would be in trouble if we were fighting. And so, um, we, we, the way that we would fight with each other was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. You know, like super passive aggressive, and smiley and like unbothered by the situation when in fact we were writhing with anger inside. And so that's kind of how it began for me. So it was the first time that I was like ever confronted with this behavior that seemed so ingrained. And so someone else confronting me about that, I was like, I don't do that. I wasn't smiling when I was definitely smiling, but I had to learn that this was a coping mechanism for myself as a means to like diminish how angry I was feeling. I hadn't even recognized it. So for yourself in your patterns, if you're trying to get to that place where you're like, I don't understand how to open that up, ask someone, like ask someone who's close to you, what does it look like when I get mad? What does it look like when I'm sad? How do I behave when when, you know, I'm angry or happy or, you know, whatever. Happy is an easy one because we, in a society we've been trained that that's an okay emotion to feel. But anger is one, especially for women, that's really hard to emote. Um, you know, we continue to, we can be very passive aggressive in that way because it's the only way to really get out how we're feeling but not be authentic about it. So ask someone, you know, what does that look like for me? Someone who's close to you who will tell you the truth and and being fully self-aware of what that looks like you can start to see the patterns and the coping mechanisms that you might use in order to suppress those emotions um now let's take it a step further and give it the spiritual angle because you know the show is called spiritual shit um energetically um, uh, anything that you suppress emotionally will amplify that emotion 
And in the sense of going back to the, the rot analogy, um, it's like if you have a tooth decaying and you continue to ignore it, what happens to the tooth? It will continue to decay until you have to take that sucker out or you'll get infection. You can get staph. You can get all kinds of things and die if you don't take care of that. So not to be dramatic, but um, <laughs> there's, there is that you know, idea that if you don't take care of those emotions and continue to suppress them, they will cause you harm over time. And on an energetic level, you know, let's talk from this perspective of law of attraction and manifestation. If you are constantly in a state of positivity and not acknowledging your fears, your anger, your pain, your hurts, your triggers, things like that, then it'll be real hard to actually manifest anything that you want because energetically you're actually amplifying those fears or feelings because they'll be under underlying. Um, let's relate it to money. I'm afraid I'm not going to make enough for this or that. But if you have the perspective of, um, I am, I'm abundant. <laughs> I am. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to work itself out. That is a wonderful approach to have if you actually feel it. And for myself, that was something, you know, like it is still something I struggle with, but, um, at least now I'm to a place where I recognize there's an authenticity behind it. Like I actually genuinely feel like, all right, the universe has showed up in ways for me before when I started to actually surrender my feeling. And then I had an example that showed me and started to build trust with the universe. I started to build trust and see, okay, when I surrender this thing and I'm not holding it all tight in a fear-based uh, emotion, I can see when the universe shows up. So now whenever something happens that's like scary around money, I feel like, okay, I genuinely feel like everything's going to be okay. Instead of trying to artificially enforce a new emotion on an old one or on a current one, I should say. Um, so for instance, for you, I don't know, like for me, examples are love and money. Those are things that I deal with daily. Um, the fear based emotion that, you know, you're not lovable or you're not valuable or, um, you're not going to get this job or whatever that looks like. And you getting real about what that is. I am afraid that I'm not going to get this job. Okay. So what does that mean? I'm afraid that I'll be rejected. Okay. Keep going. I'm afraid that I'm not good enough for this job. Aha, now we've tapped into the deeper subconscious emotion. Why don't you feel you're good enough for this job? Well, I don't know. Like, you know, there's so many other good candidates out there or whatever. And, and, and finding for you what it is that programmed you in that way. If you can get to that root, that's like highly beneficial. Now that take, that probably takes a lot of time for a lot of people. And I'm still discovering the roots of my own fears and emotions as well. But once you, at least you can get some self-awareness around the actual emotion. And if you can get some self-awareness around the actual emotion, you can feel that, you know, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Okay. And it doesn't even have to be, why don't you feel like you're good enough? If you can just acknowledge that part. Okay. I, I don't feel like I'm good enough. What do, what do you do about that then? I, I can start actually looking into why I am good enough for something if I can acknowledge the emotion in the first place. The hidden, that the aspect of hiding it, if it if you can't really deeply discover where it's coming from, you can't heal it. 
And thus then that emotion, I'm not good enough or that mantra or affirmation, sorry, not affirmation, but like, um, the, the, the narrative that you're telling yourself will be the underlying thing in everything. So, you know, whenever it's, you know, you get rejected by a boy or your husband, um, you know, rejects you in some kind of way or wife or, um, your kids or, you know, whatever, whenever you experience that, that emotion will come back up. I'm not good enough. And it's a story, you know, like most people say emotion is, you know, like sadness, happiness, you know, uh, things that are very simple. But I believe that like emotions can be much deeper than that. Like the narrative is a story, but it causes a certain emotion. I'm not good enough causes sadness, causes pain, causes rejection, causes fear. It causes a, a myriad of of emotions that can follow that. But getting access to that deep set fear or emotion of whatever emotion it is, sorry, um, getting access to that will give you access to feeling what that truly feels like. And yes, it is painful. It's absolutely painful to feel that feeling. However, when you recognize the feeling, you take its power away. And that's the truth. Like if I'm, if I'm so afraid of feeling rejected or not good enough, and I can acknowledge the story that I'm telling myself, then it won't be so scary if I experience it again because I acknowledge, okay, this is just a story I'm telling myself. I'm telling myself the story because it aids in my protection of feeling rejected. If I can already assume that I'll be rejected, when it happens, I won't be so disappointed. But then we're more caught up in being right than being happy or being clear and changing that emotion. So... In that sense, feeling your feelings is absolutely necessary for you to be able to get access to the narrative that you're telling yourself so you can start to deconstruct the the paradigm that is causing this, this long set belief or emotion. Um, I had some, you know, I had a situation with someone who was telling me about a very painful situation about a person that they lost in their life. And for me, it was very uncomfortable as an empath to hear her story about how, how much this hurts her, how lost she felt. And I thought, you know what? I just need to be able to hold space. I need to feel this uncomfortable emotion with her so she can feel like someone, someone is there so she can have space to actually feel this emotion as well, because as long as I'm trying to make her feel better about it, I am dis like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, I'm, I'm diminishing her, her validity and her feeling and what she's feeling in that moment without saying it, I'm telling her that she's irrational or that there's no space for this emotion or you should just get over it or there's everything happens for a reason or, you know, like it, it'll, everything will be okay as a means to make myself comfortable and not truly holding space for how she feels. And the reason why I say that is because for you, if you're having trouble feeling your true emotions and start looking around for people that do that in your life, if if you tried to come to someone and you've been turned over, over and over and over or turned down essentially, then you have, you've been told that there's no space for your emotions, that they're too big, that they're too negative, that they're too, too sad. And so you've learned in a coping kind of way to suppress them. You've learned that this is not something that's valid 
or um, not important enough to be able to be seen. And then that way you also get that message of like, I'm, I'm too much, right? For those of us who have big emotions, um, we get that message, we're too much. And it is like that boiling pot uh, that we're afraid that it's going to spill over. I can recognize that because I am one of those people. It's first of all, anger is a really difficult emotion for me to access. Um, I had a situation last year that for the first time in a long time, I've, I expressed real anger. And I remembered telling one of my friends, I'm afraid that I'm going to rust. And I said it that way because it's just the tears were coming down. And I was thinking like, you know, I, I don't want to rust. I don't want to become this person. My fear was that if I felt this angry emotion, which I had interpreted as bad, that that would do something to me that would wound me further. But oddly, and not oddly now that I know, but in that space, I thought I was feeling like, you know, one of my friends was telling me, feel your feelings. It's, it's completely valid. Everything that you're feeling is completely valid because you feel it. And I was like, huh? What kind of woo-woo shit is she talking about? <laughs> you know, just like, what do you mean I get to feel my feelings? I don't want to feel my feelings. They hurt. This is fucking painful. Rather, if I had suppressed that emotion, I, it, it wouldn't have gone away. It would have just come out in spurts of other things that didn't deserve that direction of anger. And so in that moment, I, I let myself, it, it took a week. I was angry. I was mad. I was walking around with a pissed look on my face. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to talk to my friends. Um, any situation that looked similar to what it was that I was going through, I had a very negative outlook about it. And you know what? It was almost like when that emotion was done running its course, it was over. I didn't feel angry. I felt at peace actually, because I'd gotten that out of my system. I'd gotten it out of my body. I got to feel in fullness how angry I was at the person that had done me wrong or whatever. And I got a chance to acknowledge I'm an emotional being. I got a chance to acknowledge how that made me feel. And while it's not a place or a state I would like to stay in, you know, I think that's prob prob <laughs> probably part of the fear. You know, you don't want to be that person. So you work so hard not to be that person. But when I was that person in that expression of emotion, it lasted about four days. And then I was clean. I was clear. It was like I had a new car wash. My car had been cleaned. Um, and I went through the storm of what it felt like to be that pissed. <laughs> and thus, like there was a release. It was an incredibly huge release that I was able to get rid of that energetically. And I felt thankful after that, that that person had treated me like that because it resolved a, a fear or a narrative that I was telling myself about the way that I felt about myself. I hope that makes sense. It resolved this deep-seated fear or, or narrative that I said that I'm not good enough. So I got a chance to get mad about that. Why don't I think I'm good enough? Bitch! You know, like I just got a chance to just really rip it open and dismantle those lies. I couldn't have done that if I had suppressed that emotion. If Like anger is a really hard one for me to feel because what it does to my body. I have very physiological, as everybody does, responses to to real anger and it's uncomfortable to feel like that it's uncomfortable to feel like you're out of control that's a big one too control that's a 
I mean, emotional suppression has to do with, uh, that's primarily the thing I think that causes us to, to be in that space of not feeling our emotions because we feel out of control. We want to be able to say and know that we, we were on top of this. We've got it taken care of. Don't worry about me. You know, I don't need help. I'm fine because we pathologize people who have problems or have big emotions and like, you know, from childhood, right? If we are upset and overwhelmed by our emotions, we would throw a tantrum or fit and that was not acceptable. Oh no, you wanted a toy in Target and you didn't get it, you know, you fall off the, the face of the earth in your mind about what's the, it is the end of the world to you. And your parents have told you like, no, you cannot feel this way. And have, you know, thus obviously there has to be some type of discipline and training with children, but we've, we've, we're come, we've become accustomed to a society that tells us that our emotion, Hey, you can't cry. You're not allowed to cry. You are, um, a pussy if you cry or, you know, whatever other tropes that we can think of. Um, so we've been trained for a very long time that there's no space. There's no space to feel this way. And if you're one of those people, you know, which I think most of us are, um, anybody over 30, probably we haven't had a space to feel safe when we are out of control, when we feel out of control and that sensation of falling into a real emotion that makes us feel something is almost foreign to us. Like she said, it's like teaching a right-handed person to write with their left hand. It will feel so foreign to you and unusual and scary to be in that space. But if you don't have anybody to hold space for you, you need to hold space for yourself because on an energetic level, the emotional suppression is incredibly toxic and it is something that will cause us to continue to see, I would say, at the very base level of our humanity, emotions are humanity. Like, that is our humanness. To be able to feel something is where our humanity lies. And so when we don't allow ourselves to really feel, we're essentially robbing ourselves of our humanity. The thing that, I mean, I, I believe that we've, evolved into these beings in this way in order to be able to transmute certain toxic emotions. I would believe like not emotions, but toxic patterns. I think like filling your full feelings is like taking out the trash. You know, when you're happy, it doesn't feel like that, right? Like happiness is an easy emotion to feel. Things are going our way. We're excited. We're laughing. But if you think about it, people who have uh, severe emotional suppression, when they're happy, they question it. They're like, uh, uh, I, you know, like, I don't know, I'm too happy. Something might happen. You know, it's, it's vulnerable to actually feel your feelings. It's vulnerable to be happy, you know, because it feels out of control. It still applies even in the good emotions. Um, Brene Brown talks about how, you know, you ever been like in the car with your family and you're just having like the best day and it's amazing and the sun is shining and everybody's laughing and getting along. And then you just picture like a, a tragic car crash where everybody dies and, or, you know, like two of your kids die or, you know, like you start to worry or whatever. And it is, it is vulnerable to actually imagine and be present in the moment of the sheer happiness that you feel. 
And as a means of protection, or the way that we think that we're protecting ourselves, is to protect ourselves with this this crazy vivid image of destruction as a means to think that it's like a self-defense mechanism, right? Like if something terrible happened, then at least I'd be prepared. And that's as a means to, to negate your vulnerability in that moment, a feeling, the true feeling of your emotion. But let me tell you something. Imagining the worst, what's, you know, like the worst that can happen. It doesn't, it will not prepare you for what it felt like for that to actually happen. And so you playing these scenarios in your head of these terrible things that are happening as a means to suppress your emotion of happiness will never ever prepare you for the amount of pain that would feel. So instead you're just robbing yourself of how happy you could actually feel. So when I say you numb, when you numb the bad emotions, you also know the, numb the good ones. It's absolutely true. And the same way, like if you feel super angry, or super sad, you know, when you're super angry and super sad and you're like trying to imagine a happier time, well, things will feel better then. And, and when this happens and you know, like it, it doesn't prepare you for how, how, how actually happy you would feel when, if that thing had happened, because without the sadness, without the anger, without the rejection, you can't like, if you don't fully feel how bad that feels, you cannot feel how amazing it feels not to feel that way. You just can't. So it works both ways. Like you, it's better to be present in that emotion that you're actually feeling when it's happening. So if, you know, when things change or are or, or in a different emotion, you can feel that fully too. And just to get back to my point, when it comes to healing, we're talking about emotions that are considered quote unquote bad. I want to give you permission that they're not bad. You feeling angry about something is the way that you feel. And that doesn't mean, you know, go key somebody's car or, <laughs> um, you know, beat somebody up or do something in that way. But being able to truly acknowledge how deeply you're feeling, how much that pain hurts. It's okay. Hold space for yourself. If no one else can, that it's okay for me to feel this way. You know, like you're feeling disappointed or overworked, sad, betrayed, like any of these emotions that are unpleasant to feel when you are feeling them, let them spill out. There are healthy ways to do this. There are unhealthy ways to do this. Um, I'm not a therapist, so I can't really tell you <laughs> what that is, but I believe a healthy way um, to express it is to write it down. You know, in that moment when you're feeling all those feelings, a safe place to put all of that is on paper. Um, maybe you make a voice message to yourself. Um, you know, if you have friends that hold space for you and telling them and, and tell them, say, hey, I just need to vent. I don't need any advice. I don't want to feel better about this right now. I just need to get this out and allowing yourself to, to process those emotions. Eventually you'll come to a space where you even out. Nobody can stay angry forever, but I would say particularly the people that are the angriest are those who have become bitter because of the rot that's kind of decayed their system. They've learned a, 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 I would say a, a tragic way of thinking. They've learned a prolonged way of thinking that this is the way things are. And <clears throat> without truly acknowledging those emotions, they've propelled themselves into a type of wiring for their even neurology of this is the way this works. So your body responds in a certain way when you, you would become triggered in that way, in that emotion. So 
it, it becomes, that's, that's what my fear was. I didn't want to rust. I didn't want to become some bitter lady that felt this way about, you know, certain people or whatever. And my fear and not wanting to become that is enough self-awareness to know that I won't be that person. There are some people who thrive in it, becoming the passive aggressive, angry at everything. It becomes a part of their identity. Um, I was self-aware enough in that moment to say like, I, I just know I don't want to be this way because I don't like how it feels, but I had to feel how it felt to feel that way in order to not be that person. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Anyway, um, that's what was on my mind today. I think very much so. And any example for myself where I've deeply suppressed an emotion and not allowed myself to let it out, it kept me from seeing the deeper subconscious narrative I was telling myself that was causing that emotion. And without being able to acknowledge what that is I could not heal the things that I was telling myself that were keeping me in that space I feel like I'm being super vague but I've been super specific in some of the other podcasts but with with things that I'm dealing with that that hurt and feel hard and feel really challenging which I've experienced a ton of since I've been um, on my trip on my little sabbatical um, I've had to come into contact with those emotions in order to look deeper and see where the story was without the emotion. I couldn't find the story. If I had been happy and been like, everything's going to be okay. Okay. Whatever. And I suppressed the deep part of what was hurting me the most. I couldn't find the story. You know, like if I, if I felt rejected, I, I ask myself this all the time and maybe this will be helpful for you. Why does this make me feel this way? What am I feeling? And there was a, a woman who I met recently who I just, I'm not sure why I didn't want to be around her. Something in her, her energy just set me off. And I thought, I don't, why am I, I'm not, I wasn't being rude to her by any means or whatever. I just was being very short and, and kind of cut off and something in her energy failed for me being, being as sensitive to energy was I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say triggering to me, but there was emotion that she was holding or a, a way of being that she was holding that did not resonate with me and bothered me a lot. And I asked myself, why am I, why am I feel like this around her? Why do I feel like, like, I don't, I don't want to talk to her or whatever. And I just feel like really cut off. And I, I did some deeper thinking or, about it. And I said, ah, okay. She seems like someone who's inauthentic. And for me, like being around people who are inauthentic triggers me in a bit of a way because for a long time I've had to be that way when I couldn't hold space for myself. So I only really want to be around people who are interested in an authentic exchange of energy because I don't want to have to play face. I don't want to save face. So knowing that I've gotten out of that emotional pattern, being around people who are inauthentic is like, it is, it is drudgery. I'm like, I can't even be in your auric space right now because you reflect something of a past wound of mine, a past way of prolonged thinking that I have no desire to return to. Or that's just one example, but for, um, you know, um, say something, I'm just having a kind of a dumpy day. We have those, right? Like one, you know, like just kind of in a mood. Don't really know why. Um, 
I started asking myself, getting into meditation and saying, okay, what am I feeling? What's happening? What are the circumstances around me that are happening? What's the last few days been looking like? Is there something that I haven't acknowledged? Is there something that happened that I didn't give my full emotions to that I'm still carrying and is starting to manifest itself in a rot type of way as the days go on? Ah, oh, you know what? Four days ago, someone said something to me and it was very, very minor, but it clicked off part of the story that I'm telling myself and that clicked off another emotion that I wasn't acknowledging. I felt rejected. I felt unworthy. I felt like I wasn't heard. I felt like I was being dismissed. And then that little moment, if I acknowledged that, that emotion in that moment, it would have just been, okay, I know what that is. Uh, it would have transmuted that. But in, when I didn't acknowledge it or I was just like, oh, you know, it's fine. And I brushed it off. I carried it for a few days and ended up with that like really sour day that it had manifested and grew and grew and grew into that decay over time. So anyway, I hope I, I can, I know that I'm beating a horse. <laughs> what is the expression? I'm beating a dead horse. Sure. We'll go with that. Um, anyway, just to give yourself permission. And I know it's hard if you've, if you've learned for a long time that it's not okay for you to feel a certain way, there's no space for you to feel. You can always, always, always return to your journal. Like journaling is such a therapeutic, cathartic way to express your emotions that is safe and you can be as out of control as you want without any judgment or shame around it. And it's just you in the pages. It's just you in the pages. Like no one there to judge you, no one there to bring you back and show it, you know, shove it in your face. Um, it's an, a true opportunity for you to be able to to get out what's inside of you. Make yourself a voice message. That works too. I've, I've done that. Like left myself little voice messages and just went to town about how terrible I felt and awful or whatever. And I listened back and of course judge myself. You sound stupid. Why would you say that? And, da, da, da. Um, and then have to acknowledge that. Do another voice message. I'm judging myself because da, da, da. And get a chance to really listen to how the depth of what my fears were and hear them for what they were, you know, inner child wounds and things like that. Like I got to, I got to expose them. It's like Scooby-Doo where the villain is running around with the mask and then you pull it off and you're like, Oh, it's me. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> so you getting to know yourself again, getting to know like, wh why do you feel this way? Bringing awareness around an emotion that is uncomfortable for you to feel. And the more practice you get at it, the better it gets, the less out of control you feel, the less terrible it hurts, the more you can, the, I would say the faster that emotion processes through you. And giving yourself space. You are a human being. This is a part of your humanity. And for you not to feel is is vastly cutting off your your growth and your human experience to be able to heal those feelings and get to a new state of being and a new narrative and a new story um, that will propel you forward and keep yourself honest, you know, allow yourself to be incredibly, truly authentic with who it is that you are and also getting rid of any toxicity that is underlying, that is causing an energetic vibration that is attracting more of that feeling to you because like you said, you can't heal what you can't feel and anything that you're energetically suppressing will amplify itself and you will continue to do your mantras and your vision boards and all that kind of stuff, but nothing will change because it's still there. You still believe that you're just not acknowledging it and your feelings and emotions want to be acknowledged. 
so they can move on too. <laughs> anyway, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if those of you, thank you for you guys again, reaching out. I love hearing from you. So hit me up on my Instagram at the lovely Aaliyah and, um, tell me how this episode resonated with you. Um, additionally, if you would like to support this podcast, you can click the link below. Um, and I was going to give you the link, but you're listening to it right now. So you probably know where this is. <laughs> anyway, it's early here. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening and supporting me and my journey and, um, and telling me about how this really resonates with you. I just hope that you find space for yourself to feel your emotions fully so you can heal. You are beautiful. You are brilliant. You are enough. You are lovable. And that's all I got. Thank you for listening. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at The Lovely Aaliyah for daily content and inspiration.